Hello and welcome to this episode of the Nicole Allen Fitness and Nutrition Podcast. I hope you are all well. In this episode, we are going to be talking about activity monitors and if you are wearing an Apple Watch or a Fitbit or a Garmin, if you use things like a MyZone belt in your workout, then this is going to be something that you will want to listen to. Um, So in this episode, we'll be talking about excuse me, we'll be talking about the accuracy of these devices, what you should use them for, what you shouldn't use them for, um, and I'll talk a little bit about the research behind why um, as well. So, the activity trackers that we use are fantastic pedometers. So, a pedometer is something that measures your step count and it's a great <coughs> excuse me it is a great starting point it is for a lot of people because you can take your average step count for a week and then you've got something to improve upon they're also great for accountability so you can log that you've done a workout on these devices you can be accountable to it for your step count to make sure that you're getting that that daily activity in um and they're also good for monitoring that daily activity as well what they're not great for is they're not great for estimating your energy expenditure in your workouts so when I say energy expenditure I mean the calories burn and I know that this is a conversation that I've had with quite a few of my clients recently especially um so why are they inaccurate they're inaccurate because they don't take into account your individual physiology so they don't take into account your height your weight whether you are a seasoned athlete or whether you're a brand new beginner how much muscle mass you're carrying how much how high your body fat percentage is it doesn't know that so therefore it can't give an accurate indication of how much energy you've expended because it doesn't know your individual physiology also they don't these companies don't share the calculations that they use to to get to that point when you calculate your calories for um consumption so if you were to look at your total daily energy expenditure and use an online calculator there's lots of different equations that you can use Whereas with these devices, those equations are not shared and they're often based on averages and population norms. And if you are listening to this, then you are not an average person. So they don't share the calculations that they use. It also doesn't have a clue what type of activity you are doing. So that you could be in the gym lifting weights you could be doing a bench press you could be doing bicep curls and it might show that your because your heart rate has not shot up that you are not working hard and you're not expending a lot of calories but actually if we look at what you are actually doing you're putting a lot of stimulus through a muscle so you are working hard um but the device doesn't know that, so it might massively underestimate how you've done, which can then have a knock-on effect because if you've have ever had a look at your calories and thought to yourself, oh, that was a really shit workout, like 
I've obviously not done anything. Like, I'm going to have to make up some with some cardio. Then that's not a very good mindset to come at it from. And um, it also almost creates this assumption that the workout doesn't count when actually it does. But just because this device has told you that you've not burnt as many calories, that's not why we exercise in the first place. We exercise for all the other amazing benefits. And if actually if fat loss is your goal, then exercise is not the most important thing. The most important thing is getting your nutrition right and having some support and accountability to get where you want to be. But... um. The fourth thing, the fourth reason why they're not accurate is it doesn't take into account your fitness levels. So someone who is sort of really fit, someone who exercises quite a lot, has exercised quite a lot for a long period of time, will be much more efficient than someone who is maybe brand new to exercise, has never really done much exercise before, isn't as fit. So the the fitter person can do a lot more on less calories and the the newer person can will probably expend a lot more calories because their body's having to work a lot harder to get them to move so in um the research then so what does the research say so there was three reviews done and the conclusion of these reviews were all saying that the it, it this was in, in relation to Fitbit, so Fitbit unlikely to provide accurate measures for energy expenditure in any testing condition. So that basically means that um, the that device was unlikely to provide accurate measures in terms of the calories burned in any testing condition but it did say that there are effective pedometers um which we know and which is great so if you're going to use one of those devices for your energy expenditure so the calories that you're burning try not to look at the calories but try to look at the things like the steps and your non-exercise activity thermogenesis so you're neat um, I hope that is helpful. I'm going to move on to sleep now because I think this is a super interesting one. So, um, another thing that people use to use the activity trackers for is some people sleep with it on overnight um, and will wear it and it will tell them about the quality of sleep that they've had or the supposed quality of the sleep and also um how long they've slept for and different sleep stages as well and it will tell you sort of if how many hours sleep you've had and how much um what the quality of sleep was like sorry um that you've had now if you were to sort of go to sleep and wake up look at your app see what your sleep was like and it was to tell you that it actually probably didn't log your sleep or it was like a really unrestful sleep or you you only spent x amount of time in whatever zone then that could actually before you even sit and think like 
actually how refreshed do I, do I feel when I've woken up? Um, before you've even got to that point, you might think, oh god that was a rubbish night's sleep I'm going to be really tired now for the rest of the day I'm not going to have energy I probably won't feel like doing my workout later on um and it almost becomes like a self-fulfilling prophecy where you kind of take that one little bit of information and start to input like almost give up before the day's even started but actually what so what the what the research says on the accuracy of these activity trackers when it comes to tracking your sleep and your sleep quality is actually that while they might be efficient at detecting your heart rate and your breathing rate and when you've fallen asleep and how long you've been asleep for the actual quality of the sleep um And the different stages of the sleep that you've had varies massively. And a lot of the studies that have been done have been on groups as small as like 20 odd people to as high as like 34,000 or 30,000 plus. And and it actually said in the conclusion that the question as to whether or not sleep tracking and the, the feedback that it gives users is beneficial for sleep or if that actually just induces anxiety about sleep onset and duration um, is a question that potentially may, remains unanswered because the gold standard for measuring sleep quality is something called a polysomnography and that is a sleep study that's done in laboratory conditions where you're wearing all sorts of like trackers attached to different areas of your body and it measures your blood pressure it measures your heart rate your eye movement literally everything so it's got a really good um a really good idea of the the different sleep stages and what the quality of sleep was like so if that's the conditions that we need to be able to get a really good estimate of what your sleep quality is like my question would be how on earth can something like an activity tracker that is maybe on your wrist a lot of the time how can that estimate what your sleep quality is like and the if that is then giving you sort of some level of anxiety or worry about you it's coming up to a time where you need to sleep and you're you're worrying that you might not be able to get to sleep like that is enough to keep you awake and to keep you stimulated and also what you um what it what you else you could be worried about as well is the duration of sleep that you get in so if you are someone who struggles to drift off to sleep if you are someone who struggles to get sort of seven to nine hours quality sleep then actually what you might be better focusing on is not your fitbit or your apple watch and making sure you wear it and sort of try just going to bed and closing your eyes and hoping that you'll get a longer sleep or a better sleep actually looking at what things you can do and what things you can control in terms of your sleep hygiene 
to make sure that you get a better night's sleep. Um, so what can you do then? What can you do to improve your sleep hygiene? So sleep hygiene is a really funny term because it just it, it just sounds strange. But it's basically the environment and the routine that you have around sleep and how that impacts the quality of sleep that you have. So it could be things like going to bed at the same time every night, even on a weekend, waking up at the same time every day, even on a weekend. This will help to regulate your appetite through the day, but also your body will know, like, it'll, it, it likes scheduling routine. Um, so keep to the same sleep and wake schedule. Sleep in a cool, dark room so you're not too hot, you're not getting bothered and you're not getting stimulated by lights. Limit your screen time before bed to between 30 and 60 minutes before bed. You don't look at the TV, the computer, phone screens, no scrolling on social media before you go to bed, no taking your laptop to bed and working, just having a good wind down routine and um, keeping your caffeine consumption to earlier in the day as well. I will do a detailed post on this, um, which you will find on my Instagram. But I hope you found that episode useful. Um, so just in summary, what I would use an activity tracker for is for your step count and absolutely probably nothing else. I hope you've enjoyed this episode. If you did, I'd love to hear from you. Please tag me in your stories. And if you think this episode will help someone, then please feel free to share it with them. I will see you next time. Bye.